And I want you to journal some of these things that I'm going to give you. Now, what some of you, if you are going to hear this morning, it will change your life. If you'll hear the simple principles, it is simple, uh, but it's dynamic in the sense that if you can get this in your heart, it will change your future. Okay? It will change your future. I want to talk to you about God's cycle of blessing. Now, I have, over the last several months and even the last couple of years, I've made mention of some of the principles I'm going to share with you. But I want to try to put it all together because what I'm going to share with you, whether you realize it or not, you are being affected in a positive or negative way with the things that I'm going to share with you today. And uh, it, it's simple. It, it, is, it is a simple principle, but... Um, I, I can't stress this enough. How many really wants to make a change in your life? Then you need to really hear what is, what is going to be said this morning. Open up your heart and your spirit. And I want to talk to you about God's cycle of blessings. Nothing just happens. Let me run that by you again. Nothing just happens. Someone said, well, you know, <clears throat> it just happened. No. Now, there are some things that, that come into our life and affect our life that we have that we are just caught up in somebody else's issues. But most of the time, most of the time, the things that happen in our life in an emotional way or even in a, an addictive way, it, it, it is not any outside influence that causes that. It, ca it is caused by something that we do. Okay? Galatians chapter 6, I'm going to read verses 7 through 9. And uh, as I read this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you some different uh, translations. Uh, now, we're going to stay. We won't do it on the screen, but I will give you some different translations. Notice it says, do not be deceived. One translation says, do not be misled. The Philip translation says, do not be under any illusion. Do not be under any illusion. God is not mocked. He is not ridiculed by pretensions or professions. The Philip says, you cannot make a fool of God. You can't pull the wool over his eyes, would be another way of saying that. For whatever a man sows, that he will also, what? Reap. Verse 8 says, for he or she who sows to the flesh, to his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. One translation, I think the old King James says, if we do not faint. Verse 10, Therefore, whenever you see this word, those of you that are students of the Word of God, you are when, when this word comes up, it is a key word. And it's a key word which relates and connects what is about to be said to what you have just heard. Therefore, in the light of the revelation that Paul just gave us, therefore, notice in the light of what has been revealed, as we have opportunity, have you have already had opportunity today to sow. You had an opportunity to sow worship and praise today. I was watching a lot of the young people today, and uh, you missed a good opportunity. 
to be a worshiper. You missed a good opportunity to be a praiser. We missed opportunities. Some of us have missed opportunities already today to enter into worship and to invest in something, to invest in God. Praise is something you do that gets a return. As we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now notice, that he, first there's a warning about deception. Jesus' last warning, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 3, his last warning to his disciples as he was about to leave this world was about deception. He said, take heed, be alert, be aware. Do not let anybody deceive you. Okay? And he warned them about the problem or of deception or the danger of deception. And if you read in your devotion to the book of James, James also tells us about and warns us about deception. The deception is this. He that is a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word is deceives their own self. So there's two kinds of deception. There are deceptions that come from people, and there are self-deception, which is probably the worst kind, when you hear the good word of God and you just hear it, everybody's going to be listening to what I say today, but someone's going to hear it. Someone's going to hear it. If you are a hearer of the word of God and not a doer, you are self-deceived. You are self-deceived. What is the message that I want to relate to you? You and I cannot reap a harvest without first sowing a seed. You and I cannot reap a harvest, whether it's a good uh, harvest or a bad. We cannot reap a harvest without first sowing a seed. Now, we have been praying for 100 days. We're praying for souls. We're, we're praying for uh, financial breakthroughs. We're praying for all these issues. But I'm telling you, a lot of these issues will, will, will just naturally take place if we begin to sow the right kind of seed. When God wanted a family on the earth, and get this principle because I want to kind of lay a foundation where I'm going. When God wanted a family on the earth, he sowed the seed of his son. In John chapter 24, or John chapter 12, verse 24, when he was speaking about his death, and he, uh, and he was making his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, and he was talking to his disciples, he gave them this word. Most assuredly, I say to you, Jesus talking, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Speaking of his own life. But if it dies, it produces much grain or much fruit. Now listen, that's exactly what a seed does. When you plant it, that seed dies. Whenever you put it in the ground, the outer shell of that seed dies that releases the life within the seed. Are you with me? So he is saying here, uh, that, that when God wants a family on the earth, he plants the seed of his son. He died on the cross, and then what was happened? He was what? Buried. He was placed in the ground. He was planted into the ground as a seed. And it, but if it dies, it produces much grain, much fruit. When you, when you and I wanted to belong to the family, to God's family, we planted by faith the seed of the word of God into our heart. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Being born again. Notice this. How are we born again? Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. By the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. There's two agents in the, in the new birth. 
There is the Holy Spirit which deals with our life. And then by, the, by faith we plant the seed of the Word of God into our life. And then there is a new birth experience. So when God wanted a family, He planted a seed. When we wanted to get saved and become a part of that family, by faith we planted the seed of God's Word in our life. And by faith we received salvation. Born again. Not something that we did. Something that happened, a supernatural thing that happened because we planted a seed. Notice this, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46. He gives us a principle. Now, and to remember 1 Corinthians chapter 15, just remember the, the resurrection chapter. Because he's, tell, he's talking about spiritual things and natural things. He's talking about the first Adam was natural. The second Adam was a quickening spirit. First, and, and he gives the principle in 1 Corinthians 15 and 46, which is this. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual. But that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. Now let me let me just clean this up for you. If you're going to get involved in the spiritual realm, you first have to get involved in the natural realm. We did that today in prayer. Prayer was it natural or supernatural? It was both. You came up here. Uh, all of you lined up across across the front. That was a natural thing, and you opened your mouth, you opened and used your vocal cords, and you begin to pray. That was something natural. But you, as we did something that was natural, something supernatural took place. God began to hear. Our prayers went into the realm of the supernatural, and now something begins to take place. First the natural, then the spiritual. So he gives us a principle. Now notice what God does. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. God puts a natural law into effect. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Notice the last three words. Shall not what? Shall not cease. Global warming and all the people that believe in global warming and that's, that, that the earth is going to be destroyed by global warming, you better get a hold of this verse because God says as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest. Now, who are you going to believe? Global warming nuts or this? Now, the world has believed the lie, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But, see, when the lie comes up against God's Word, then you have to believe what? God's Word. There's going to be seed time and harvest. There's going to be cold and heat. You tell the folks back east in Atlanta that we're going through a global warming. I don't think they'd agree with you today. They're still digging out one of the biggest snowstorms in history, but I think the third biggest snowstorm in history. Why? Because it's just weather. God, give us a rain. Send the rain, Lord. He's, you know, uh, whatever the patterns is over California, reverse it and let the rain come. Amen? So he puts a natural law into effect. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Paul picks up this same principle and he applies it into the realm of the Spirit and says, there's a law of sowing and reaping. If we sow to the Spirit, we're going to reap, uh, we're going to reap of things of the Spirit. We're going to reap life. Hosea realized this principle when he wrote in Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. Sow for yourselves in what? Righteousness. And if you'll start doing what's right, you begin to reap in what? Mercy. Now, how many is going to sign up for that? I'm signing up for that, okay? How are you going to begin to reap in mercy? You're going to start sowing some right seed. And so Hosea picks up on the same principle, and he begins to say this. Sow for yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. What is the reason why we're not planting the right seed? 
because the ground of your heart of your heart is hard in some areas and you can't receive new truth into hard ground. It just lays on top of the ground and it will not germinate. Why? Because that area of your heart is not receptive to truth. Who's responsible for that? We are. We are. For it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness on you. Now notice verse 13. You have plowed, one translation says you have plotted wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. Translation says you have reaped the willful injustice of oppressors. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Can believers be oppressed? Can believers be oppressed? Believers can be oppressed, but believers cannot be possessed. Get that in your heart. If you are covered by the blood of Jesus, there is no demon that can possess you. I mean, the blood of Jesus is like cyanide to the devil. Now, can you be oppressed? Absolutely. You can be oppressed by what you believe to be the truth, even though it may be a lie. Now, let me, let me re- give you a revelation here. Now, notice, get this. Verse 13 says, you have eaten what? The fruit of what? When you eat something, it goes into your what? You are what you, come on, talk to me. You are what you what? Eat. When you eat something, it becomes a part of you, and it's plain to look and see at this preacher. I've eaten a lot of stuff, and it has actually stuck. You have eaten what? The fruit of lies. Now, and then he begins to explain. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies. What is this? Because you have trusted in what? Your own way. Now, listen to me very carefully. There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is what? Death. There's a lot of us so mixed up in our thinking that, that, that our lives are in a, are in a mess because we will not, because the lie, even though it's a lie, we believe it to be the truth, and it has as much hold on us as the truth would. You can believe a lie that's, that, that's not true, but because you believe it, it affects your life in a negative way. There's people in this building this morning that is sitting here. Perhaps all of us are some areas of our life where we have taken in a lie, and we have built our life on the lie, and it affects us every day of our life, and we do not challenge it because we think it's the truth. You have eaten, taken in the fruit of lives, and you you have, you have reaped the willful injustice of the oppressors. Some of us are oppressed in our spirit because we have, we have eaten, you know, we believe this stuff. You, because you have trusted in your own way. There's all kinds of lies. There's marriage lies. We just came from that marriage. They just came that. We must not be meant for each other because our marriage takes so much work. That's a lie. But you'll be surprised how many people believe that. We, we must not be meant for each other. Because we, we just can't, we find it almost impossible to get along. That's a lie. You have a heart issue. 
We have a heart issue. Boy, that's a great point. We have a heart issue. But the lie is, the lie is, I'm just going to go find somebody else because I'm, we're having too many problems. And the truth is, you go find somebody else, and you know what you're going to find? Problems. But because you believe that to be a truth, even though it's a lie, you go through relationship after relationship after relationship after relationship. How about this one? This is a good marriage lie. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. Well, a lot of people believe that to be true, but that's a lie. It's, it's both of you's fault. It's both of you's fault. <laughs> I get one, it's true. Here's another one. You should meet all of my needs. <laughs> See how much mileage you get out of that, guy. Or here's another one. I should not have to change. I'm going to wait and see if you change. How's that working for you? I shouldn't have to change. You're the one that's going to have to change. Okay. We can go on for years about this. Next relationship you get in, you just tell that person, that young lady or that young man, you're going to change. I'm not. First first few, few years of marriage, sometimes we make the mistake of trying to do that, and our marriage is hell. You try to turn your wife into your mother. And the women try to turn their men into who, who knows what. I don't know. Superman, I don't know. But we spend so much time trying to change each other that it takes all the joy out of our relationship. Why? Because we have eaten the fruit of the lies. And we have not learned the truth to bring priests into our relationships. There's all kinds of marriage lies. How about worldly lies? Don't wait. You can have it all. They even advertise you can have it all and have it your way. Well, let me ask the next question. How much do you owe? Is your credit cards maxed out? So how's that working for you? Because you, you believe the lie, don't wait, don't do without, don't buy some until you have the cash to buy it. How, you know, most, 90% of, uh, of America has their credit cards maxed out, paying 17 to 20% interest, and the wealth that God meant for, to, for, to be for you is going into the banks and all and the credit card companies. Why? Because you believe the lie that you didn't have to wait. And now your life is hell on earth when it comes to pay the bill because you don't have the money to pay the bill. So you just put it on another card. Don't wait. You can have it all now. I wonder how many single parents is involved today because they, you know, they're raising kids by themselves because they believe the lie. You don't have to wait. It's a lie. It's, you've eaten the fruit of lies. And the fruit is paying dividends. It's, you're reaping what you've sown. You've sown that. And now your life is in havoc because you, we believe the lies. I can't be happy unless things go my way. <laughs> How's that one working for you? How often does it all go your way? Hardly ever. You better learn to be happy regardless of what situation you're in. And if you can't be happy regardless of what situation you are in, pick a flower because your life is going to be miserable because only you can decide if you're going to be happy or not. 
Don't let anything, circumstances, or persons steal the joy out of your life. Don't believe the fruit of the lie. <laughs> Can't be happy unless I get my own way. Whew. Life should be fair. <laughs> How much mileage are you getting out of that one? The truth is life is not fair. But God is good. Amen. There, there's not nothing. I've talked to people. Well, life shouldn't be fair. It shouldn't be happening this way. I mean, you know, come on. I, you know, why is the life fair? I don't understand how a girl can survive a plane crash and get, then get run over by the emergency vehicle. You explain that. Well, life should be fair. God spared her from the plane and, and some goofy guy on an emergency vehicle run over and killed her. You explain that. Life's not fair. You go tell that man back east who came home this last week after that storm and his wife that was pregnant, at eight months pregnant, was backed into by a snow plow and killed while she's loading groceries into her car. I can't explain that. Life is not fair. And now the last report I heard the baby, they took it to Syria, but it's in critical condition. You cannot explain that. What you have to you know, receive is that life might not be fair, but God is good. And if you don't figure that out, then your life can be miserable and the enemy can beat you over the brain mentally because you have believed this lie that life is supposed to be fair. God lets life play out. Now, sometimes he intervenes. But in most cases, he lets life take its course. And he works through the process of life taking its course and, and working things out for his good and for his purposes. But if you get to the idea that because you're a Christian or because you're a good person, only good stuff is supposed to happen to you, I'm telling you, you're eating the fruit of a lie. And it's not going to set well with you when things do not line up the way you think. The thoughts are seeds. Notice what it says. The Scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, what? So is he. The principle is this, good thoughts and bad thoughts produce after their own kind and governs the inner world of our spirit. And you and I are going to decide what seeds that we sow. Here's the good news. Our emotional as well as spiritual well-being is possible when we are willing to replace the lie with the truth. See, change is possible, but you and I have to be willing to replace the lie with the truth. And that's where the rub comes in. Because some people are more comfortable believing the lie than they are challenging their belief system with the truth. <laughs> but if we'll challenge ourselves, it may answer some of the questions we ask. Preacher, why is the ground of my spiritual life so barren and so dry? may answer some questions about why are some joyful and others struggle endlessly in their spiritual existence. Why is it in my own life I can't experience a greater release of the Spirit or a greater release of joy? Why can't it? Why can't this? The question is this. Are we willing to dispute the things we have built into our life in the light of God's Word? That's where the rubber meets the road. Because in our life, from the time we are an infant, we put stuff into our brain that may not be exactly accurate that causes us 
problems in our spiritual and natural life. Where do you learn them from? You learn them from your parents. The home you was raised in. That's where it first starts. And not everything, and you, you might as well understand this, not everything that your parents told you has been true. I know my mom is sitting here. Bless her heart. And my dad is with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But some of the things they taught me was not true. <laughs> I better not tell you them. <laughs> we learned some of our lives from our culture. Us Okies had a tough time. We learned some of them from our peers. Some of us, some of our worst enemies were the people we run around with. Your friends always has, you know, your friends always have good things to say and is planned into your life, you know. You're, you need to read Psalms chapter 1 in your devotions. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. How many knows that your, some of your friends are brain dead spiritually? Your educational system, the books you read, the music you listen to. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. Thank God you're working. Some people just kind of figure out their own philosophy. And it doesn't really make any difference if their philosophy is flawed or not right, but they refuse to challenge it with the truth of God's Word. So they, they just kind of live, live, go on, believe in the lie. The lie, you have eaten the fruit of lies. Now listen, we have to be willing to challenge what we believe in the light of God's Word. It's not a question now, are we sowing? Everybody in this building, see, it's not a question, are we sowing? Every day of our lives, seeds are being planted in what we do and what we say and what we believe. And it has influence over our lives and the lives of the people we come in contact with. It has influence in the lives of your family uh, and the people you work with, everything. It reaps. We are reaping. And if we do, uh, if we're sowing, and if you think otherwise, you are in deception. And if you think you're perfect, you're in real deception. If you're here today and you think you don't need to change in any area of your life, pick a flower, you're done. Let me give you some principles involved in the sowing and the reaping. I want you to journal these, okay? And they're real simple, but they're powerful. Whatever is sown is reaped. Seed produces after its own kind. We can sow to the flesh. Or we can sow to the Spirit. That is, that is our choice. So whatever is sown and reap. We, we, we live in farming country, and we understand that. But secondly, number one, whatever is sown is reap. Secondly, the sowing governs the harvest. Life's dividend check back to us will not change until we change what we sow. Let me run that by you again. 
Now, number one, whatever is sown is reaped. Two, the sowing governs the harvest. Life's dividend check back to us will not change until we change what we sow. So you want to get a different harvest, you've got to change what you've been sowing. I have seen God give great deliverances to people, and in a few days and in a few months, they're right back going through the same problems. Why are they doing that? Well, God must not have been able to deliver them folks from their issues and their problems. Do not blame that on God. God delivers from addiction. Been there, done that. God heals emotional problems. He restored my soul. God restores my soul. But the issues that I have built into my thinking process that destroys me emotionally, when God heals my emotions, when God delivers me from my addictions, if I do not change the, the things I've been sowing in my life, it's not going to be but just a few days and a few weeks and a few months till I'm right back in the same mess that I got myself into. God will deliver you from your addictions. He will not deliver you from the temptations. Because temptations is not God's problem. Temptations is my problem. That is a good word. I was completely delivered from the, from the need for tobacco. Instantly, God cleansed my body and delivered me from the, from the addiction of tobacco. And I was hooked. But in a few days, and I went for three days in a heavenly fog, and I didn't even realize what was going on. But on the fourth day, you know what stuck its ugly head up? Temptation. I was sitting in the cafe with the rest of those Henri truck drivers. And they pitched their cigarettes up on the counter. We all did. And we just picked and choose what flavor we wanted every morning when we was getting coffeeed up and breakfast up and get ready for the road and all that stuff. So at 3 o'clock in the morning, temptation reared its ugly head. God wants us to deal with the temptation. He's dealt with the addiction. The devil in your flesh is in charge of the temptation. Are you with me? So, so because we don't deal with the temptation... And the snake in our heart then, in the next few days, the next few months, the next few, uh, then we're right back into the same problem. And most of the time it, get, it is worse than it was before because God, now God says, okay, you have willingly chose to get back into that mess. And sometimes he'll let us stew in it. We have to work on the lie that caused the emotional problems in our life to begin with. There are so many of God's people that are emotionally crippled. They cannot, they have not found it possible because of their mental and thinking processes. They, have, they are broken. And, and not only are they suffering the consequences, their loved ones around them are suffering too because their mental capacities are messed up. Seeds, thoughts are seeds. If I want the ground of my spiritual life to produce more or better fruit, I must change the sowing, and that is a law, and to think otherwise it is a deception. Now, the third principle is you always reap back more than you sow. Your enemy knows this principle. One good seed or one bad will produce generously. We know that. 
The enemy knows that if he can steal the seed of the good word out of your heart, he can destroy you. He comes to what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Read Matthew chapter 13, and the parable of the sower gives you the ministry of the enemy in your life. Here's the sower. He goes forth. He sows the seed. It falls on different ground, uh, types of soil. And the person who, who, who uh, the pathway, their hearts are hard, fallow ground. The seed falls on top of the ground. Uh, they hear it. Man, they, they think, well, that's a great truth. I learned a great truth today. Instead of applying that truth to the life, it lays on top of the ground. The birds come immediately and begins to steal it. They steal the, it steals the seed. The birds do. Who are the birds? The birds are the enemy. The birds are, are, are the devil. He comes, steals the seed before it can produce any fruit in your life, and then it's gone. You heard a great word. You heard a great principle, but because you didn't plant it, it didn't produce nothing in your heart. And even in the people that did receive good ground, there was only some that brought forth 30, some brought forth 60, some brought forth 100-fold. Why the difference? Because some people's life is still laced between the lie and the truth, and they're 30-fold ground. Some are 60-fold ground, and some are 100-fold. You know the difference? is those that are willing to challenge their belief system and to go to a different level in God. That's our responsibility. You always reap back more than you sow. Number four, you must wait for the harvest. Number four, you must wait for the harvest. The Scripture says due season. Mark chapter 4, verse 28, gives us a principle of the harvest. First comes the blade, then comes the ear, and then comes the full corn. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says it like this. We are to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. After we have planted, our job is to wait, cultivate, cultivate our, our life. You know, sometimes God works miracles instantly. We've all seen that happen. God works things just instantly in our life. It's like the Red Sea parts, boom, you go over on dry ground. And then sometimes it's like the River Jordan. You have to get your feet in the water and stay there until the waters recede. How many understand what I just said? How many of you ever read your devotions read? They came out of Egypt, God worked miracles, boom. They crossed the Red Sea. But when they went into the Promised Land, they, God told them, he said, when you see the ark and the priest bearing the ark, you go after them. Jordan was at flood stage, right? And as they marched toward that river, it did not stop running. And then the priests began to wade off into the water. And when they got into the water, the water did not, re did not roll back. It was still running. So the priest just stood in the water and waited. And far upstream, the waters were cut off. And we don't know how far it is. I don't know how far it is in miles or whatever. But those priests had to stand in that river while the water was raging and running until that river went down far enough that the people could go across on dry ground. But they had to wait. And so there they stood. Sometimes God works instant miracles. Sometimes it takes a while. I'm closing with this. Get this down. The seed of God's Word, when sown, impacts three different areas, or impacts three different directions. Number one, inward. The, the first influence, all right, is inward. The root system develops first. 
Stop putting yourself down. Inward. First is inward, the root. You are who God says you are. I'm not into blab it and grab it, but I am into positive confession that God has a plan and a purpose for your life and wants to bless you. I, I am into believing that God wants something positive to happen in your life. So when, the, when you plant the good seed of the Word of God, the first influence is it's going to be inwardly, somewhere along life's road, and you may not know where. You may have suffered a defeat or rejection, or, or you may be wrapped up in some ritual or into legalism or some church tradition even. You may have been taught something in church that may not be absolutely accurate, but it, because you have received it and you refuse to challenge it in the light of God's Word, you are stuck. You're stuck. I am positive about what God wants to do in your life. For some of you, you may be at the place where you think it will never be any different for me. Listen, God has plans for you. He wants to set you free. He wants to deliver you. He wants to set your feet back on the right path. But I'm telling you, it's only going to happen if we allow God to plant some good seed in the Word of our life. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Check this out. The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus talking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has appointed me to what? preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the what? Any broken hearts today, anybody going through some sorrow, I'm telling you there is a healer in the house that wants to come by your, your house and he wants to come into your life and heal your broken heart. He wants to heal you emotionally today. He wants to bind up. He wants to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. If you're here and you're bound by anything today, whether it's an addiction, whether there's some, some kind of a, a thinking process, I'm telling you, God is here to set you free. In order to stay free after he delivers you this morning, then you need to change your thinking processes. So the first influence is inward. Then the next, second one is upward. It heads for the sun. Up to the ground comes this sprout, and it heads for the sun. It becomes visible. Nobody's going to see a visible change in you until something has happened in you. It's resurrection. We planted the Son of God into the ground. But I'm telling you, the three days later, there was a resurrection. There was a change in the direction. And up out of the ground he came. Why? He was first planted, and then there was a resurrection and a transformation that took place. Guys, it happens the same way in our life. Inwardly and then upward. You've heard people say, boy, there's been a change in that person's Life. Thirdly, in closing, outward. Inward, upward, and outward. Influence. The world does not need any more theories. The world does not need any more opinions. You know what I told somebody? Opinions are cheap. Everybody has one. world doesn't need any more opinions. The world needs to see a harvest of God's Word in our life. Influence. You're changed. Turn loose from the past hurts. Turn loose of past defeats. Turn loose of past rejections. 
I don't care what you, what you have went through in your past. I want you to turn loose of it. Forget yesterday's failures. It's time to sow for a new harvest in your tomorrows. Amen? It's time to begin to sow into, for a, a new harvest into your future, into your tomorrows. God wants to change our lives. Amen? God's cycle of blessing. Come on, Steffi, real quickly. God's cycle of blessings. Someone is hearing this this morning. Emotionally, you have wrestled with issues because you, you are eating the fruit of lies. And the struggle that you have emotionally is not going to change until you challenge those thought processes with the truth. Please don't move around, nor disturb or distract someone right now. I know it probably went a little bit long, but listen, it's led up to this moment that some people's lives are going to be changed. You have come and you have looked for answers and, and now there's been revelation. And sometimes we, I do not give a, like an altar call, but I really feel like today someone wants their life to change. You may be going through and suffering through the issues of addiction this morning whatever they may be I'm telling you on the from the from the truth of God's word God will deliver you he he said it himself Luke chapter 4 verse 18 to bind up the brokenhearted and set captives free that's why he came and he will do that this morning there's not a doubt in my mind that God cannot do that and will not do that for you today You'll have to deal with the temptation in days to come, but I'm telling you, he can take care of the addiction. Whatever that may be, I want to give you an opportunity today. If that is you, I want you to come. And while you're coming, I want to speak to those who are emotionally hurting today. You're emotionally hurting. You're going, you're just going through some real things emotionally, and it has robbed you of your joy. I want to pray with you today. I want you to come this morning. Will you come? I don't want you to be afraid or intimidated. We want to pray. Jesus said, I am anointed. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. Has anointed me. There is freedom today. There is freedom today. Will you come? We wait for you. Freedom from your addiction. Freedom from your emotional issues. I wish Duane was here this morning. I want you to take this word to him. The thought processes must change. Must change because they do not line up to the truth of God's word. He shall not die, but he shall live and proclaim the goodness of the Lord. Change the thinking process. He has to, because depression is the result. Depression is the result of that.
We'll wait for you. I got some need to be delivered today. Emotionally, I, I have been broken. Situations in my life, emotionally, I'm just struggling with some stuff today. Bind up the brokenhearted, set captives free. I know we're taking a little time today, but these are your friends and your neighbors. I want people of faith to come. I want people of faith to come. We're, we're going to believe you today. We're gonna, I want you to come. People of faith today, gather in around these folks.